The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. This episode of Beyond is brought to you by ForHims.com, F-O-R-H-I-M-S.com. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 No, come on. It was going so well. It was going better when I started doing that. Welcome. Do you want to do it? Beyond. Not that. The rest of it. Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 657,000. We've had a great couple of centuries now. We missed a bunch of big anniversaries, and you're all very cross about it. But I'm here with my good friend Max Scoville, Zach Ryan, and the man in the back room. His name is Barrett. He loves Beyond and he loves PlayStation. We're talking about some big stuff today. First off, Far Cry 5. We've been playing a lot of it. It's selling really well. But what does that mean for you? Did you buy it? Well, then you helped those numbers get bigger. Look what you did. After you know, that, this is, this is, you're doing a really good job. Yeah, it's almost like I, it's, I got a hosting title. Yeah, no, it's here. great. You do really well because nobody interrupts you. It's you wanna, cool. Dude, you can say Beyond. because he Actually, freight trains just, through. Yeah. yeah, he just, just freight trains through. Yeah. I'm loud and boisterous and from the East Coast. I'm think- quiet and timid and from the East Coast. Yeah. I have allergies in my nose. Uh, no, let's talk about Far Cry. Okay. Are we good? Can we, can, we, can we do this now? We do yeah. All right, let's do it. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah, we love this game. <laughs> this weekend was beautiful outside in San Francisco. Three-day weekend it's for us. got to stop doing that. It was that. gorgeous, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I cares? didn't see any of the weather because I just stayed Video inside games. and played Far Cry all weekend. Yeah, I want to say, like, uh, as somebody that didn't grow up in California and then moved here, um, it's really awesome living here because it is nice out all the time. But if you live somewhere cold and miserable... Um, you're really lucky on weekends like this one because when you're really into a game, it's so helpful to look outside and just see <laughs> and be like, I can stay home and play video games and not feel bad about it. It was nice enough where like, I'm like, oh, I gotta go outside. I should just go buy a coffee even though I have that here. Yeah. I just need to walk just a, a couple of blocks to try and break away from this game. I mean, uh, it got its hooks in me so fast. Mm-hmm. It, it admittedly, you and I are talking about it this morning, but it took a couple of hours for it to click. For yeah, me. yeah. Yeah. Um, but once it did, oh, mama. That I, I just, I just, I was consumed by it. Like, I, I would assume that I'm about halfway through the game. I, I just finished liberating John Seed's area, the southwestern no, portion of the map. Stop right there, just for our listeners. We're not going to spoil anything. True. We, we just want to talk about playing the game, having fun. Brian, you finished it, and we're putting up a big full spoiler cast yes. on IGN that's going to go into all the story stuff. Yep. Uh, but yeah, like, let's, that ending. Just, it's super fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Zach, how much time do you put into it? Uh, man, I, I haven't looked at a play counter, but I, I would assume probably between 10 and 13 hours this weekend I, I, I mm-hmm. played. Um, like I said, I did enough to, to liberate one area of the map and then started the northern area uh, last night and got a few missions under my belt there. Uh, the way that I'm kind of playing it, I mean, if you're familiar with Far Cry, you kind of know the deal. It's you're liberating bases. Um, you're hunting things. It's a very Far Cry game at the, its core. Um, but the way I've been doing it is sort of like choosing a, a, a base to liberate and then on the way, like just stopping along the way to pick off side quests as they're happening or like mm-hmm. very like almost Breath of the Wild style where it's like, what's that over there? I'll go investigate that and check I that out. I think it's awesome how much this takes cues from Breath of the Wild because like you look at past Far Cry games and there would always be kind of like this sort of second area that you're supposed to unlock that's kind of late game stuff. Uh, and it's always very, it always very much turns you loose and says, go wherever the hell you want, and right. do whatever you want. But in this yeah. case, they're pretty much, they're almost like, hey, you've got, you can go one of three ways. 
uh, take your pick. Right. You know, and it's really it's the whole map is open from from kind of the get go. Yeah, Far Cry Four very specifically had that big bridge surrounded by guards that you couldn't get across. That you like you'd get close and you'd poke around and they wouldn't let you. There. And three had the second island. Yeah, and so nothing's really gated off here, which I love. Um, if you're watching the video, you're seeing some gameplay of the only weirdly futuristic weapon in this entire game. Um, yeah, this this is wild. I've never even seen this game. Yeah, so I unlocked this oh recently. Oh my god! Um, and so the cool thing about this game is it, it's full of really interesting side characters. I think you hit it on the head, uh, Zach, by saying that like it's you know, and not to evoke too much of Breath of the Wild, but the there you you said to me before we went to get coffee that the the sort of like the philosophy behind shrines in Breath of the Wild is present here in the prepper stashes, which are basically like hidden puzzle dungeons. Yeah, and I, like so, I, I say that lightly. Um, that have perks inside them and money inside them, and they're sort of like treasure chests. That getting into them is a kind of a pain in the ass, and kind of a uh, sometimes a battle, sometimes a puzzle, sometimes you have to do some like sort of strategic climbing. But there, it's never just a door you walk right well, into. I, like Far Cry games have always had those hidden treasure troves, and they always had the the climbing puzzles of the of the lookout towers, right? The radio towers, and I like that they've kind of combined the two to actually have treasure that's really worth looking for. Yes, it's it's interesting to me because. Progression in previous Far Cry games and, uh, I guess just, sorry, just Far Cry games uh, in general has been like hunt six deer to get this thing yeah. to increase your pouch or hunt this thing or kill this many guards with this weapon to do this thing, right? But in this game, it's much more streamlined where there's basically two roads you can take to earn perk points to, to, uh, upgrade your character. And one of them is completing challenges. So it's sort of similar in that it's like, Kill 20 guys with arrows, uh, kill five guys with grenades, like take yeah. out a bear with dynamite and like all that stuff is really fun and it encourages you to switch up the way you play. Yeah, get out like, of your comfort zone. Yeah, I, it encouraged me to pick up the bow and arrow for the first time because I'd played probably halfway through the first area without even considering the bow and arrow as an option. Mm -hmm. But then when I saw that challenge was worth, you know, X amount of perk points, it was like, oh, that's an easy way to pick that up. And so I was just started kind of going through uh, bases, like taking out people with bow and arrows and come, came to really like that weapon a lot, um, invested some money in some upgrades there. But the other way that they do it is these uh, prepper uh, uh, bunkers, basically, that are that are you you get a clue from liberated folks like you can set people free from the the cultists and they'll tell you things like oh johnny mayhem up the road has a whole bunker full of stuff and then it puts a mark on your map where you can you can search that area yeah. and find them and like you said like they're sort of early on in the game there i came across one where you had to uh power up a door like a, a sealed door uh but the basement was flooded. So when you turn the power on, the floor becomes electrified. Yes. And you have to hop across the tops of these like boxes and barrels to make your way back to the door without getting electrocuted. Yeah, which is really it. unique. I wasn't expecting that in this game. Right. You know? That's like it's that is so like triumphantly video gamey. Um and that's this is ultimately what is a kind of a sandbox, but with a story driven mm -hmm. uh, like narrative. Well, yeah, it's through. just it's smart because it's like you're picking up perk points in a bunker stash and they're in the form of like field and stream magazine or yeah. like you know great big guns magazine yeah, or whatever a, it's, like it's not it's weird because it's a it's so hard to say this but it is a definitely more grounded far cry game in that there's kind of like a weird justification for why everything's there like to find out about new areas where there's great places to like hunt elk or go fishing for for trout um you pick up like fishing magazines yeah or like you'll find a map somewhere in somebody's uh, cabin or something. I was going to say this is probably the best Cabela's game to date. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's kind of it, it. Also, in a weird way, is kind of the best Far Cry or, uh, South Park game to date. Like it's mm. very, it's it's got like these, it's got kind of different overlays of of things that remind me of different things. Yeah, you know, like it's it does have hunting, it does have fishing. It's it's yep. almost like very committed to making a serious. Like, like, like outdoorsman stuff. Like when you say like sportsman, you know. I was yeah. looking through my list of like the unlockable perks that I've done, like through challenge-based stuff, and I realized all the ones I had left were fishing. And so, like, I upgraded my fishing rods. I got some better ones that like have like less like kind of give, and like it's easier to kind of like bring in big fish. And I spent like a couple hours on Saturday just like, fishing. And it, like, yeah. there's parts in that game where you're like, you're just you're on like a on like a shore and you're looking around and there's just mountains and like trees and birds go by. And every now and then, like in the middle of fishing, I looked across the road and there was like or across the river and like a bear and a wolf got in a fight, but they were just far enough away from me that I didn't bother with them. Or like some men had a little skirmish up in the hills. And I'm like, this is 
fucking beautiful. <laughs> no, I think that like they know that there, some people like, are, are going to play this and they, they just want to like enjoy like the scenic outdoors. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they, I don't know, like, you know, live in a crappy apartment and they're like, I want some, I want some grandeur. Yeah. I, I think the way that, that Ubisoft has spent the money to render, uh, Montana so beautifully is insane. Yeah. Like jumping in a plane and flying over, you know, big sky country in Montana. I mean, it's nuts. Like, it's so beautifully rendered that that it kind of reminds me. I, I don't know how much time you guys have spent like in Northern California, but it kind of reminds me of like Tahoe Reno area. Mm-hmm. And so like flying through, flying through or flying over those forests or or you know on a quad like running through the wilderness, like you can almost like smell the pine trees. Yeah, like, it's so realistic in the way that everything is laid out and like so beautifully rendered that it's it, it's really impressive. It made me want to visit. Yeah, Ryan, like, I, think you, I think you said that this is you know in a lot of ways this is kind of the familiar Far Cry game with a fresh coat of paint but this mm-hmm. is like a really really nice coat of paint yeah you yeah know? and yeah i was i was a uh, i was like driving an atv across the the ground you know the countryside whatever and i was worried looking at how thick the trees are together that that would really just get in the way of of ground vehicles uh-huh. uh but there are like smaller trees that just explode when you right through them so yeah you can actually really kind of get a kick out of just you know what i'm just gonna go off-roading and just really they, they very specifically thing. like made the forest like dense but not too dense destructible to yeah. yeah well and that's the funny thing about the flying too first of all let me take a step back. I think one of the reasons that this some of, most of this stuff is so fun, the fishing, the driving, like uh, even the, the uh, race uh, side quests and stuff, it's all really fun because it's all super arcadey. Mm-hmm. Like fishing in this game is as easy as like casting out and pulling in the opposite direction and making sure you're reeling in. Yeah. And if your line goes red, let go. And like those, it, you can catch a fish super easily. Yeah. And it, like you said, it's a, it's a really easy way to burn some time and earn some extra points that way. Um, and flying is the same way. Like once you reach a cruising altitude, they've put your head on a swivel in this game. So it's like, it's a great way to start at one corner of the map and fly across and just kind of like, Take the time to look out over and be like, oh, there's a silo that I can blow up and mark that. Or, yep. oh, there's here's another base that I haven't been tipped off about. Like, I'll mark that and come back for later. There's also, like, there's so much to do in this game that it's it's that kind of magical thing where talking to friends about it makes it really fun because every one of us is experiencing missions differently or in different uh, frequencies. Or uh, some of us are bringing different guns for hire, which are, like, the weird, um, very highly personality-driven characters that you unlock in this game. And there's, I believe I believe there's nine, nine total. There's nine of them. Yeah, and four of them or three or four of them are animals, mm-hmm. which is great. You know, Fangs for hire. Yeah, fangs for right. hire. So like at any given moment, you have this like woman who's like flying a helicopter around this, just making sexual jokes. And on the ground, you have a cougar, like an actual cougar. And they're like all friends with you and you're running around. And I don't know, like I did a mission this morning that I was telling you guys about. And then you guys did missions that I haven't done yet. And like – not spoiling anything, but I'm in the post game stuff now, and you can go back and do more stuff after the credits roll. And I'm not necessarily having as much fun as I did progressing through everything because once all of the three sort of head guys are all pissed off, uh, doing anything in those regions doesn't necessarily yield you anything but money. And eventually, you have enough well, money to buy anything you want. But I'm still enjoying it because the simple mechanics of like fundamentally doing anything in that game, flying, driving, shooting are all really fun. Mm -hmm. So having that core there means that anything they stack on top of it becomes more fun for me to do. If those things were a tedium, you know, I wouldn't. So it has me all of a sudden being totally all in for any DLC they throw at this game because it's just fun to shoot. Yeah. What I like is, uh, we should, we took a look at the weird kind of like the matter converter weapon that was in there for a second, which mm-hmm. there's like a whole side quest with like a scientist and you help him yeah. UFO hunting or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I like that that's kind of a hint at the fact that like two of the DLCs, one is zombies and the other is, uh, Mars. It's on Mars, yeah. Yeah. So like we're going to get some crazy space weapons. I also, think. one of the characters is constantly having Vietnam War, war flashbacks. Yeah. So that's the other like, DLC. You can see so. where all that sort of folds in. So yeah, there's, it's cool that there's little like threads to all those in the main campaign and I, in the main game. We've spent a lot of time with Far Cry 5 talking about the sort of like the, the setting and the, the political messaging and all that, but really kind of end of the day, it's that just, stuff falls by the wayside so fast. Yeah. yeah. Like for a game that was marketed in a way that was like really gave us the impression that it was out to make a statement like that stuff drops off i mean you can play for literal hours and not see a single thing about any of that sort of uh narrative thread like so republican almost, conservatism yeah, yeah that's so, almost, so like, all, really. almost to the point where like when you get back into it when mm-hmm. you know like taking out john seed last night and going through that that last level uh was kind of like so story heavy that it, it felt out of place given the the rest of my experience because like in the 
let's say 12 hours that I've played of this game, yep. 90 minutes of it has been very narratively. Well, narrative, and then you know so that's I mean? the thing. Like the uh, the story in this game quite literally takes you out of the game. Like there are there are, the way the narrative folds in is that with all three of the characters basically have this kind of like story driven justification to tranquilize you or shoot you or drag you into a bunker. Hit him with the bliss. Yeah. <laughs> and you could be in the middle of doing the most fun mission of your life and then all of a sudden this thing gets this thing happens to you. So like even when you don't want the story to happen at all, I know the it thing comes that, for you. I know the thing that you're talking yeah. about and in in the one area that I've cleared, it happened to me twice, and that is very annoying. Yeah, I actually found yeah. it kind of distracting. Um, and it's weird because it's like, you know, like, yeah, there has been a lot of talk about the politics or lack thereof in this game. And I've seen some people say, like, oh, that's just, like, people in their bubble trying to, cons- you know, con- con- confirm their own political beliefs into this thing. I will say that it's not about that at all. To me, it's more about the t- the presence that tonally this game sets up in the first 20 minutes mm-hmm. that I believe it doesn't deliver on. And that has nothing to do with politics. I think that it starts with a very grim, very serious it's, set thing. And then it kind of just veers away. And I love it yeah, for that. So it's, I, I mean, do love it for that. You look but, at the past kind of like the, the main entry Far Cry games and like three was all about the definition of insanity and four was all about pagan men and this and, and Karat and everything. Uh, and I feel like five has a lot more blood dragon kind of sprinkled in the margins. It's got a lot more sort of self-aware goofy stuff. Yeah. And it's much more like there's a whole mission where you have to get bull testicles. Yeah. And it's like if they I think if they'd led with that and leaned a little bit off of the sort of the, I don't know, look, religious iconography and cultist stuff and, and the, you know, American, you know, politics. It, it I, been, I think a lot of it is our brains and, and everyone's brains kind of filling in the blanks of like you're like, well, OK, it's yeah. a it's a cult in Montana and they practice outside of a church and they have uh religious iconography in the forms of their own iron cross and crosses like that, and yeah. bibles and stuff like that and so therefore they must be blank right and it's sort of confirmation bias but on the flip side there there are missions that dip into trumpism a bit there is a mission called make hope county great again I, I tweeted out a screenshot of the of the mission and a guy in a red hat is basically like it's a lot of disenfranchised liberals out here we should rile them up and get them to vote for me and i'm like that's funny like i'm not offended by that i find that funny there's also another mission where you have to re- secure a p-tape from like a a, a shack a that has bunker, a, a russian yeah. star on it and you're sort of like Okay, that's on the nose, but all the way all that is handled is so slapstick and so goofy. And again, like, and I said this in the last time we talked about this, ultimately this is a game about a guy that loves guns. The first thing I did in this game was buy a machine gun that had an American flag on it. Yeah. And all of his, all of his friends open gun shops. The primary goal of this game is to murder things and kill animals, which is about as anti quote unquote liberal SJW as it gets. So I think everybody sort of has, has their, their their bias is going a, into this. It's a South Park video. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, like everyone gets made fun of. It's all okay. The game is fun, and that's really all that matters. I yeah. like the idea that like before this we were like maybe we should steer clear of the political talk about this game. And it was like yeah, whatever. We'll, just well I think I think <laughs> what we're sp- speaking on specifically is like that there is a very defiant lack of that stuff in this mm-hmm. game, and I and I kind of love it for that. And I think like in general, if you had told me months ago that the story in this game would actually be intrusive to the point where they're like grabbing you and physically yanking you out of like a cool mission you're on. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have believed you because I think that would have been the part I've been, I was so excited for. Yeah. I knew the gameplay would be awesome. But the fact that like I want to just mess around in this game and it has to keep reminding me like, oh, well, there's also this stuff going on. Uh, it gets a little distracting. Attention Mail Beyond listeners, we have an important message from ForHims.com. 66% of men experience hair loss by age 35. By the time most folks notice, it's usually too late, so if you've noticed your hairline slowly receding or bald spots popping up, why not do something about it right now? Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. ForHims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness that connects you with real doctors for medical-grade solutions for problems that maybe you're too embarrassed about to handle in person. That means no waiting room, no doctor visits, no snake oil pills or supplements that they sell behind the counter at gas stations. These are prescription solutions backed by actual science. You just visit ForHims.com, answer a few questions, and a doctor will review and prescribe accordingly. Then products are shipped directly and discreetly to your door. While supplies last, Beyond listeners can get a trial month for just $5 when they head to forhimscom slash beyond. This would cost hundreds of dollars from a doctor or pharmacy, so 5 bucks for your first month is a steal. Again, that's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash beyond. Thanks. Now back to the show. Um, like I said, I finished it and I keep going back for more. 
Because I think you, even jumping in and just doing some side missions that I missed the first time around. So have, have you messed with the Far Cry Arcade stuff? No, that's I'm waiting. I, yeah, I'm actually I haven't done that either. Either. So I'm actually waiting for that to get a lot more popular. Right, right. Because I think I dipped in for like a minute and there was really nothing there. Yeah. And so, so I'm going to wait. Because I feel like if I go in in like two months, I remember playing like Little Big Planet like six months after the right. game came out. And it was just fucking bonkers in there yeah yeah so for for people listening at home uh the arcade mode of course is is basically the multiplayer uh user created component which is very blood dragony very silly and uh, undoubtedly people are going to go in and, and make all kinds of crazy stuff mm-hmm. yeah i'm a little disappointed from what i'm hearing about some of the assets that they talked about like you know they talked about oh, we'll have assets from black flag we'll have assets from watchdogs and it's like a statue or right. like a ship or like you know it's like they like very bare bones stuff but there's a ton of stuff that you can get in and play with and i think some of those user design levels will be really cool. Um, I, I think on its at its surface at a surface level, Far Cry Five is very much just more Far Cry, but it makes a lot of smarter choices than previous games. It streamlines things and makes Far Cry more even more accessible than it was in the way that. Um, I feel like previous Far Cry games have had, like you guys are talking about, like areas sort of roped off or you know, complete X missions before you're really turned loose. Whereas in this game, I think I was like three missions in and I was doing bombing runs. You know, or or mm-hmm. jumping out of a plane or yeah, you know, I mean, something crazy like you have my, access to vehicles like that so quickly. It's yeah, so cool. My favorite thing to do, and I've been doing it since like really early on in the game, is I have a I have an assault rifle with a powerful scope on it and uh, a bigger clip so that it like stabilizes my gun. Right, and so what I love to do is I'll fly as high as I possibly can uh, above a, a an outpost, jump out of the plane open my parachute early and as i'm drifting down like i just scope and spot you know like tag all the enemies yep. and so then i'll just pick them up in kill the as many as i can <laughs> from the sky yep. and then if there's like three or four left i just send in my my bear cheeseburger like yep. i have a bear companion and then he just goes in there and just roughs them up so that by the time i land him down yeah. there's like fireworks shooting off and it's like oh I mean, I liberated and I, saw, such a good feeling. I actually saw a lot of people in like in in facebook groups and also on twitter and stuff like that um talking about how the stealth is actually way less forgiving in this game and they get spotted quicker and like I genuinely like I'm sympathetic to that. Um I think there's a lot more systems at play this time around, but I genuinely didn't feel that way. Like I honestly see, I, I, I completely feel that way. Like really? cuz I've, I've cleared there, like 13 outposts without getting spotted once, got the little money bonus for yeah. it and everything. As much as I'm I, as much as I'm loving this game, there are a few things that that do kind of bug me and one of them is the fact that like I feel like you can get spotted so easily and it just as a guy who plays we were talking about how much this game sort of borrows from Metal Gear Five, uh-huh. and as Which a guy from Far Cry, of course, course yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything is cyclical. You know, we were talking about how this kind of borrows from Zelda, but I think that that honestly, I think that Zelda borrowed a lot from Far Cry Three and totally. Four. So, no, I, um, but I, like one of the things that bothers me is how how broken the stealth sort of is for me because I it's like. It's not like one guy spots you, right? Like right. you can be at like some of the outposts are much bigger than the others and you can be at the far side of an outpost and get spotted by one guy and then all of a sudden you see it in the distance 15 dudes with assault rifles just turn straight toward you and you're like, "Well, okay, yeah. I might as well just reset, so, you know." I mean, worth noting because it does have this sort of open approach where it does kind of drop you in the middle and they're like, "Go whichever way you want." There yeah. is there is like an order, like there are there are outposts that are more difficult than others and there are places on the map that you're supposed to probably check out when you're a little bit higher level mm-hmm. or more equipped and it doesn't write that down for you anywhere. You kind of have to figure it out yourself. Um I was trying to trying to brute force um I think like the north and then to the to the east at one point. The, and there were, the north is not so subtly like the hard zone. Yeah, they, of, I mean, of the game. they tell you they're like maybe go south first, but it's up to you. Do whatever the yeah. hell you want. And I think I was sort of trying to like early on. Also, there is that that kind of Far Cry hook where you do get killed a lot. And you haven't upgraded your yeah. You I got killed a lot. You also in the first few hours. You need to figure out what the developer or what the designers really you know intended with the outpost. And there is like there is a right way to do it. And yeah. you kind of got to suss that out. Uh, but at the same time, you also have to figure out how you play the game and what your skill set is. Mm-hmm. Because if you're if you're a stealth person, then you then you upgrade a bunch of stealth stuff. Right, and you go in better. Equipment. Yeah, I mean I, if you if you just go in with heavy stuff and you're not really looking for stealthiness, then yeah, like go guns blazing and have yeah. an awesome time doing it. Like with me, I I figured out like there's that very you know there's that fork in the road basically where I was like, do I want to upgrade my sniper rifle and bow and arrow? Do I want to like do that or do I want to like go in with like grenade launchers and rocket launchers? And I found with all four weapon slots unlocked that I regularly went with two quiet distancey like kind of very far away guns and then two 
Well, everything went to shit. Let's blow it all up, guns. So I had like grenade launcher like leveled up and rocket launcher with all the add-ons and stuff like that. Then I had a sniper sniper rifle and like a a pistol with like for close range stuff in case people come running at you. And I found my technique was basically approach a base or a compound or whatever you call them, right? An outpost and then kind of circle it. Yeah, that's what I did. For a little while from up in the mountains and then pinpoint exactly where the, um, the alarms were and take those out. From far away, you can now, shoot the alarms yeah. out. So you shoot out. Oh, cool! Yeah, you can punch them, dude. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would do that. So I would take out those with the slingshot or a sniper rifle, and then basically send in my dog to distract two people. Hiding bodies is really good. Always staying in tall grass is really good. Setting off detonations to distract people and moving people in a different direction, and then basically once you kill a couple people circling more around the outpost mm-hmm. until like little by little like a like the hands of a clock you're circling this outpost and people are just constantly 50 feet behind you because they always have an idea of where the shot might have come from because mm-hmm. they're like well that guy's dead came from up there most likely which is obviously not the case but it's a video game uh and then little by little you're like there's one guy yeah. left and he's just like what is going on I, and you like toy with him for a while i like to yeah. just throw in some bait and you yeah. know and then i go on the other side so they're all fighting a bear and mm-hmm. <laughs> taking out alarms and you know. that's the thing there's so many different systems to play with and so like i do again i'm sympathetic to people being like the 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 stealth is like you know it's not really forgiving mm-hmm. but also i think that there's so many different more ways to interact with that now that um it's it's kind of on you to find your play style. Yeah. There's a couple other things that I, I did want to touch on that that are a little disappointing but don't necessarily detract from my overall sure, like, yeah. love for the game. One of them is uh, the perk system. Mm-hmm. Like the way that they've streamlined perks uh, in terms of getting the points to reward yourself with perks, um, that's great. Like finding them in bunkers. But the actual perks themselves, like you can kind of go through and pinpoint like, okay, do I want to – jump out of a suit or jump out of a plane and fly with a wingsuit. Hell yeah, I want to do that. Do I want to be able to sneak more easily? Yeah. Do I want to be more efficient with auto rifles and uh, shotguns? Yeah, okay. So I'll get those three perks. But I'm one, like I've cleared one area. I have two areas and assumably the in game to go. And I don't necessarily feel like I need any more perks. No, like I'm the actually... way that I'm playing the game now, like even in, cause I went to the north, which is supposed to be harder. And even in that area, I'm, I feel like a badass yeah. already. So I'm, I'm not necessarily sure that like, like I want to find more of the bunkers because I like those puzzles. Same. But I don't necessarily need the perks to power up myself anymore so because I've, I feel I've cleared out, strong. I've you cleared know? out all the prepper stashes. So I just have a bunch of perk points and I go into that menu and I'm like, time to go shopping. And I'm like, oh. Um, yeah, yeah I, mean, I guess you can yeah. carry more like knives or like I taught the stores to sell grenades. Yeah, which is, I like, thought that was a weird one. Yeah, black like, market stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I was like, yeah. I don't really need like, that. You can craft so, that stuff. Yeah, and like, I have no easily, problem. Yeah. I, it's like that's for somebody who's like really good at clearing out bunkers, but really terrible at aiming remote mines. Right. Yeah. Like that they're wasting them all. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think a lot of those those perks were kind of uh, crappy. They did also. There is also uh, outpost master which is, I think, where you reset all the outposts to, like, higher difficulty. Ooh. So if you want to... Like Marty was saying that there's the option to base... It's effectively a New Game Plus. Yeah. Where's pretty that? Much, uh, I think it's just in the menu. I think you can just... Oh. I, I don't know if that's the same thing, but I know that is an option. I think once you yeah. finish the game, you can basically, like, replay them all in harder difficulty. Yeah, because I finished all those, and there's, like... I don't know. There's that... I'm at that part of the op- of, uh, Ubisoft or any open-world game where I'm like, well, what's left? Like, racing missions... <laughs> Yeah. Um, like Ugh. collecting. It's that, it's that tail end of the burrito. Yeah, well, it was, it was the like best when, part of a burrito. When I, when I got to the end of Horizon, I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll collect all the mugs. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And the the other thing, uh, occasionally there's missions that will turn this game into a like corridor shooter. Yeah, which sucks. Yeah, yeah like I yeah, agree. It's an open, it's an open world game. It's it, meant, the game it, yeah. is so brilliant when you're setting traps and shooting people from afar, or like running through an area and like taking people out. But when it's a Call of Duty sort of like like stop and pop shooter, yeah, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, and like, like just, leading yeah. to leading to some of the bigger missions, you have to do a couple of these. And I each, died each uh, all three. I believe all three of them culminate in like yeah, a Call sort of, of Duty like, style. Yeah, and it just like I died so friggin' much mm-hmm. in those segments. And like it's fine. Like I'm not. Uh, I don't have a problem with the game being tough. But there were a few times where I was like, okay, that's. Stupid. They're also, they're that so is so chaotic weird. that they remove the element of stealth from yeah. those two, yeah. or the option that, of stealth. That, that is the is... inherent problem with with trying to tell a story or have boss fights in an open world game is that mm-hmm. it's something that's tailored to a certain play style and then yeah. But the only really boss work. fight that I've done is friggin' cool. Yeah, like Which, the. 
The one where you fight. Yeah. No, 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 how do we fit that in so, here? So that being said, I mean, what's your take on this? You, Brian, you played like the, the last few Far Cries to the very end. Do you like this one a lot? What do you, what do you? Um, I still prefer the setting to four and some, like, I love the animals in four more. I love the like weird rickety mm-hmm. gyrocopter thing you got in right, four. Right. It was very launchpad McQuack, but I love this game yeah, and yeah. I love it more than primal. I love it more than four overall. Um, it's my favorite, it's my favorite game this year for mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah, we'll see I where, agree. I think so. We'll too. see where the dust settles yeah. by the end. Of the, it's going to be a big year for games. But Zach? Um, uh, three, five, four, primal for me. That's about where I'm. Where does blood blood dragon doesn't count? Because well, I mean, blood dragon's like right yeah. under three if we're yeah. counting blood dragon. Yeah, but this like, is. I, I love this game. I can't wait to to play through to the end, and then I feel like it's one of those games that I'll dip back into for the rest of the year, especially when the DLC comes. Same. I'd love to see like the same thing that Horizon did with their DLC, where they just slid their perk points over and added two new columns. Mm-hmm. Cool, like, yeah. I'd love to see some additional I'm, stuff coming. And yeah, like, I'm really happy really we're getting test it out. effectively some more Blood Dragon type DLC with yeah. this. And the fact, like, I, I, Far Cry Four was like, hey, what's the DLC? And it was like, oh, we've added the Land of the Yetis or whatever. And you're yeah. like, yeah. oh, I guess that's cool, whatever. But this seems like it's actually going to be stuff to kind of wake up and pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we, we really enjoy this game. Uh, if you want to make some friends with people who are uh, also playing the game, head over to uh, the Podcast Beyond Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond. Uh, it seems like the game is selling well and people are playing it and they like it and that's good because fun games are fun. I saw from <laughs> Steam it's the best-selling Far Cry game ever. Damn. That was so yes, far. I mean, so far. I, I can't imagine that it wouldn't be. The, the marketing budget behind this game must have just been astronomical oh, yeah. because yeah. here in the city, there's just billboards and bus signs. I mean, it's plastered everywhere right <laughs> it's now. It's also a good time um, of year yeah, for it, too. You know? for sure. So they also just announced the PlayStation Plus games for April. Real quick, I want to run through these and some of the games that are out this week. Uh, if you burn through Far Cry 5 incredibly fast and you need another open-world game with explosions and cars in it, uh, Mad Max is out. That'll be free for PlayStation Plus subscribers this month. Uh, this game rules. This is a super cool game that just... Mad Max, like, this is a game that, that I've been talking about playing for two years mm-hmm. like i keep meaning to check this game out so i'm really excited that it's it came like out. the first two hours because yeah. they're a little slow but then yeah. it really clicks it came out the same year as fallout 4 metal, metal gear solid 5, 5 and yeah. the witcher so yeah. like it didn't really stand a chance and i think also just coming in alongside fallout 4 because if somebody's going to play a game with you know bikers and you know leather post-apocalyptic stuff it's kind of you know you go with the bethesda one but this game is really really cool the driving is is phenomenal and it basically plays like an arkham game otherwise awesome. uh, with some you know kind of far cry style outpost to explore uh also if you like your cars to go very fast and not explode Trackmania turbo is free for playstation plus subscribers and then there's a little beat-em-up game from brazil called 99 vitas which was actually made by a beyond listener uh so shout out to bruno um that one's uh cross by too yeah that's oh, cool. so that's vita uh ps3 and ps4 and uh there's a couple other ones for uh ps3 i didn't touch that's on. 99 vitas v-i-d-a-s v-i-d-a-s yes um which means i think 99 lives yep um real quick out this week um there's a game i played a second well i played a minute of it's called Minute, M-I-N-I-T. It is like a black and white, low poly, almost like like a four-bit roguelite adventure game. And the hook here is that you I think it's you no are, poly, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, it looks like you play with, like, as a Tamagotchi man. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, it's it, I was going to say it's like it's Zelda look-ish, but no, it looks like a Tamagotchi. Yeah. Um, you're like this little duck. But basically, uh, you have a minute each life. Which is kind of insane. It's sort of this like this panic. It's like when you're poisoned in a game and you're like, I gotta get, I gotta get done really fast, otherwise I'm gonna die. But you, uh, you have a minute to get to your next next objective, uh, and you kind of learn how to work around that. And it's got some very strong sort of um, uh, Link's Awakening vibes as well cool. as obviously it's kind of roguelite, so people will compare it to yeah. Dark Souls or whatever. Does it? How much have you played? I maybe. Know, ten minutes, you know, yeah. which is ten times ten runs, yeah, ten yeah. lives. No, yeah, I wonder if that like. I wonder if it, that mechanic gets annoying after a while. I think it almost definitely does, but uh-huh. in the same way that, you know, a Souls game would. Like there's a certain it's like level a... of you do you do unlock like um new sort of new homes which act as, sure. as like, oh, it's like campfire type yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, like John Mulaney's theory of bell curves and jokes where it's like it starts off really great right. and then it gets really annoying, but then maybe once you get the feel of it, like you there's, are, right. really It also again. I mean it seems like a game about kind of valuing your time and there's a button you pr- if you press circle you just kill yourself. So if you want to like basically warp back to the next mm-hmm. spot and move on. Um, and there's something kind of like very, if you want to feel like you got a lot of stuff done in a game, it's made for that sense, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of the opposite of backtracking a lot. It's more mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, neat. Move on to the next thing immediately. Um, 
Also out is Adventure Pals, which is a co-op platformer, which um, our guy Tom Marks played, I think, over the course of GDC. And he said it was something like Castle Crashers, but it's a platformer. Uh, very cartoony, kind of an Adventure Time aesthetic. Uh, looks like a good time. And it's... Uh, it's got some like good kind of like you know it's like a it's really cartoon. goofy. Yeah, oh, I, like I, I just watched the trailer. Like mm-hmm. you ride a giraffe. The animation is really great. Yeah. Like the way that that it's sort of this isom or it's sort of like a two D thing. But there's parts where you're uh, kind of an isometric view and you're riding your giraffe around and like the way that the giraffe is animating is really funny yeah, and kind of so, cool. Yeah, there was uh, like like that few year stretch where we got. Um, the Scott Pilgrim co-op beat 'em up game, and then we got Castle Crashers, and then like someone they they did like a what was it Double Dragon Neon? There was a, a yeah a pretty good yeah. Double Dragon, and I was like the beat 'em up genre is back, like couch co-op is here to stay, and then a lot of those just went away. Yeah, um, it so, goes in waves. I think people yeah, get sick I'm, of it. I'm always this, waiting for a new one. So this looks cute as hell. Um, also out is a game called Infernium, which is kind of amazing. It is a surreal first-person survival horror game, which apparently is also sort of inspired by Pac-Man. But basically, you're in hell and you're being chased by ghosts, and yeah. you have to like navigate these labyrinthine mazes and stuff. Yeah, there's and- there's 17 boards, basically like 17 mazes that you can navigate, and there's multiple endings. Mm-hmm. It looks very spookous. You, Spookus. Yeah, it, it it's, takes place on some kind of hell island. Yeah, hell island. Yeah. I, I think that. we all assumed that Pac-Man was in hell the whole time, right? Yeah. Some I kind mean, of purgatory for that's, sure. That's not, it's a not, good, a, not a good time. It's not a good time. Aside not from all the place. fruits. Uh, but yeah, that looks, that's just like, I love. Hell is other Pac-Man. And occasional pretzels, which is cool. Yeah. I love, Maybe he's in a mall. I love any game that like actually commits to something that like high concept. It's like, what if it was first person survival horror Pac-Man, but he's in hell and it's realistic. And you're like, all right, all well, right. make it. And yeah. you know, they did. Uh, something called Enigmatus 3, the shadow of Karlala. Karhala. Uh, which is an adventure game. Imagine my surprise to learn that there were two prior yeah. Enigmatus it games the, before the this. It is the thrilling conclusion to the Enigmatus trilogy. It's, I don't know, yeah, it looks very kind of misty. Uh, I, it always just cracks me up that there are games that just come out like that that yeah. you just are like, where, where was I? Well, it's funny because I looked up the first two games and they're really highly rated. Yeah. I've never heard of them at yeah. all. They're like majorly popular on Steam, mm-hmm. but then watching the trailer for this one, it like, Looks like a Dreamcast game. <laughs> it's like, well, all right. People, people, some know. people like games like that. Yeah. Uh, there's a game called Deadland, which is a port of an Android game. If you see that, you may want to check up some reviews. It's basically a zombie first-person game. Uh, and then there's a game called Epic Dumpster Bear, which is a Wii U port. I think it knows it's sort of a bad game. Oh, I don't this know. Game, I, this ca- game, I couldn't tell. It seems like it has a sense of humor about being a dumpster game. It's but- a. It's like a, It looks like a... 2D platformer slash endless runner yeah. where you play a bear whose forest has been destroyed and so he has to eat trash but he's going to like take it back to the man and so like you're just running through all these like crazy like platformy areas and dodging obstacles and stuff but you're just playing as a bear that throws stuff at people it's yeah. really weird I don't know if you guys like played a lot of those like um like game maker programs they had in like the late 90s mm-hmm. early 2000s I don't remember the name of them specifically but I had one where you could make platformers mm-hmm. and like you basically could import characters or make your own sprites and stuff like that and there's this like <laughs> weird wave of games that look like yeah they're being made in those programs. I mean, this yeah. looks and like I can't it was tell if they're like self-aware or if they're like it, like I, it's one of those things where I'm like, are you doing like an Andy Kaufman thing? Like, this looks like it was made in Far Cry's level editor. Yeah, but they just changed the camera angle to be far away and on the side. You know? Yeah, it's just really funny because it's just this <laughs> bear with his just maw open the whole time. He's just like, <laughs> he's a like dumpster everywhere. bear. I kind of love I love that just that janky aesthetic. Um, yeah, me too. There are a couple VR games that come out this week, which we'll talk about after a very quick break. We are going to swap Zach out for Caleb Lawson, who has been playing. The Wipeout. So, real quick break, and we'll be back in just a second. And we're back, joined by Caleb Lawson. Caleb, you've been playing Wipeout Collection VR Pure. What is it? The Wipeout Omega Collection. Omega Collection VR. And oh. I'm here to tell the tale. I yeah, survived. So, all right. Wipeout, so you added the pure thing. That's I don't know. I always the Wipeout always has like they have like weird modifiers. I forgot the Omega. Yeah, that yeah. Was yeah. The one. So Wipeout yeah. Omega is a PS4 re-release of Wipeout HD, Wipeout Fury, and Wipeout 2048, which was right. the Vita game. Gotcha. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, which I loved. Yeah. Yeah, I just... And was... I mean, if you haven't played it also, and if you have a, a PS4 Pro, it's kind of... It's one of the best 4K60 HDR presentations out there right now. Yeah, I mean, Wipeout it runs is... runs at native 4K60, right? And the HDR is fantastic. I it's mean, yeah, much like Ridge Racer. It's a kind of tech demo of the game. Like it's a, it's a way to show I mean, it's off the hardware. Game. It's, a gr- it's a great racing game, but yeah. it's also just stylingly beautiful. And I, when Omega Collection was first announced, I think everyone was like, PSVR, and it, they were they kind of kept people waiting for a while, but it's finally out. Uh, what's your what's your take on this? Yeah, so Sony sort of quietly updated the game last week with a free patch. 
um, and created what I think is one of the best VR experiences I've played for sure. So I've had the uh, one of the office PSVRs at home for a few weeks. I haven't jumped in, haven't bought one myself. Like this is the experience that's going to push me over the edge, assuming Dan Stapleton makes me return the unit that I've borrowed. Right. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, I mean, you know, when you have a free unit, you don't need to buy one. But no, yeah, but I it's harder one. to steal when you go on a popular podcast and tell everyone the crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, I mean, if you've got the thing on your face and you're at home, you can't see the cops coming in to yeah, take true. you away. But so, like, right, Wipeout in VR, as much as you want to play it, it also sounds like the sort of thing that probably make you hurl, right? Right, because I played um, – what was the I, I played the racing game at the PSVR launch and I'm totally blanking on right now, um, and it was incredible on straightaways. And then you would make a left or a right, and it'd be like, oh, yeah, and god! Wipe out makes you go upside down, and yeah. you're doing barrel rolls and you're banking. Which like, I, I did the the VR mode in Trackmania Turbo, and yeah. I found that to be kind of similar. I actually liked it a lot. That's a very cartoony game, mm-hmm. so um, I kind of stuck with it. But there's a lot of upside down flips and loop de loos and stuff like that. So I played for I played for. Hours, <laughs> hours, and you didn't throw up. I didn't throw up um, for a couple of reasons. Actually, it's handled really well. First off, right? I mean, the the head positioning and head tracking is super cool, so that you know when you're sitting there in the cockpit and you see the track kind of ramping up in front of you, right? You look up the track and you can see where you're going, or it banks off to the side, right? You move your head around. I mean, you, the way you would naturally like. In a race car. So you right? can kind of anticipate turns and stuff. Yeah. And so if you're leaning forward in the cockpit, you're sort of getting that full, you know, almost 360 view of, like, the racetrack and everyone around you. But what's cool is if you do start feeling a little bit motion sick, if you lean back a little bit in the cockpit, the cockpit actually has, like, sidewalls on it. Mm-hmm. So if you lean back, it sort of pulls it almost like a mm-hmm. you're watching a screen a little bit more. So like if you get a little queasy, if you get a little overwhelmed, it's really easy to sort that's, of kind of pull yourself out of it a little bit. So that's one of the things I when I demoed uh, Skyrim VR, they were telling me that the secret to like make people not get queasy is basically blinders. And it's, yeah, if okay. you start sprinting, you effectively get like like you're dying in a game or you're running out of breath or whatever. But in the case of Wipeout, it actually makes sense if you're leaning back that you it would have like you the walls there, like, you know, in the right. cockpit because the cockpit's right. built that way. Yeah, I, I think it, it does have like comfort settings too, right? Yeah, I mean, there's comfort settings um, when you start it. It puts on the pilot assist by default. Um, so I'm sure you know jumping in with full control yeah. is daunting. That's the um, kind of th- stuff you got to build up to. We, I turned, off, called I turned it off pilot assist, and I mean honestly, I think it, I think it handles better than it does mm-hmm. you know in third person. I think you know like most racing games, right? You, your your track positioning and your sort of spatial awareness really changes the way you play it, and. The fact that this is a free patch mm-hmm. that basically takes the entire game, all those tracks, throws them in, into VR is just – it's incredible. Yeah, I, I love stuff like that because it gives people a nudge to play a game they A, might have missed or B, return to a game they bought already. Yeah. Um, and I think PSVR and VR in general does a really great job um, – a sense of space in mm-hmm. racing games. Yep. And I think it gets kind of lost in most first-person games because you're like, where are my arms? Where are my legs? You know, Where's all this? But in, in – driving space sim games that are first person in VR, like you look down and you're like, this is my cockpit. Yeah. Like this is my little zone. This is my little room. You're seated so your yeah. your brain can trick your body. Yes, exactly. And you don't feel – I mean it's a little weird when you're like, I can't move my legs. Like you feel or you're paralyzed. you look down you're like holding the steering wheel. It's like, why is it not moving? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So there's that disconnect. But in terms of like being able to have like this little box that you're driving around in, it's really cool. You know, and getting to see all like the little knobs and switches inside of the dashboard. Yeah. Did you mess around online at all with the uh... – Competitive stuff? No, no, I have not. Maybe, no. maybe, maybe tonight. I mean, I don't really mess around online yeah. with racing games yeah, often. That, because that is one place it does kind of get gets frustrating with with PlayStation VR because you have you have less people to play with. You know? So <laughs> I'm curious how that is with something that like something like Wipeout that didn't yeah. just drop and you know it is a new patch, but you know it's a game that was been out for a while. So uh, in, interesting to see how many people are playing. All yeah, look at my times on leaderboards. Can you yeah. play against people who aren't playing in VR? I mean, I don't know if I, you would have a strategic. You no, know, I don't even or, know if Wipeout or, is multiplayer like that, mm. isn't I, it? I think it's all time. Oh, yeah, that would make oh, sense. Right, right, right. Okay. Okay. I think it's just leaderboards. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I could that, be wrong. Don't makes, quote me. I yeah. don't know. I haven't played it with anyone else. So okay. I just assume you can't, but sure. maybe you can. All right. Well, and so it looks, it looks gorgeous? It looks gorgeous. It runs gorgeously. I mean, like, as much of a showcase as it is for 4K HDR, that game is now also a showcase for PS, PSVR. Are you playing through a pro? Uh, yeah. I'm oh, cool. Yeah, because there's, there's like a 
pretty substantial benefit of 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 playing PSVR. That's through right. You said that. So I, you're yeah. probably getting a little bump. It's just it's like it's not night and day. It's the kind of thing where I'm just like, oh, that's it's like a little bit better. No, it's one of those experiences like when you know VR was first announced and they were first demoing it. It was like this is the sort of experience that we're right, on, right, right. Until you can actually do more creative things with haptics and with you know moving around a space. I think as far as like seated experiences this one is way way up there for sure and it's the full game right yeah it's the full game so that's it literally really converts cool. the entire game into vr for free yeah this is not it's like a some like game. it's not like that call of duty side mission or something like that right like it's just the whole the whole thing yeah the the, the 30 dollar game that you can play on your tv you know and still enjoy the hell out of out of because it's an amazing game mm-hmm. There's a free patch that'll convert all the VR. That's awesome. That's when awesome. did when did Omega Collection come out? That was like is that this year? This year? Uh, I mean, sorry, 2017. 2017. Was it yeah. was it early or, or late? Was it? I don't remember. Okay, it was it, it's long the, enough it, ago that it's probably on sale. Though. It, I mean, it's it's thirty bucks or less. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's it slipped out whenever they released it. To the same way this patch slipped out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of under the radar. And I'm very happy that I noticed and that I downloaded it and that I played it. Because that's yeah. awesome. I'm like, go get that. Crap. I might have to grab that just to check it out. Yeah, that's, that's just yeah. speed and colors and music. You know, combined with VR. And I didn't hurl. Yeah, maybe maybe sign. you will. Yeah, but if no. you want to if you want to try the challenge, it's a good of, box quote. Will you hurl or not? You can check that out. I didn't hurl, but maybe you will. <laughs> IGN. So the opposite of uh, of driving very fast in a triangle uh, through lasers is, of course, um, sitting on an island in virtual reality. Uh, there's a game called Island Time VR, which is out uh, today, which is a very small scale survival game uh, where you're stuck, you're shipwrecked on an island with Greg Miller as a crab. Uh, the so Greg, Miller. the Greg Miller, you know, is, he voices the crap. Greg Miller, his voice or his his likeness. The no, just well, I mean, I, I'm not going to pass judgment here. I don't think he's not he's not a very crab like man, but you know, he's <laughs> you know, it's it's his voice. He's doing kind of like a very kind of goofy, like kind of like Rick and Morty sort of voice. But basically, he's sort of the narrator. He's your companion on this island, uh, and you know, it, it's a it's a it's a small scale survival game. So think like you know, Don't Starve or something, yeah. where you have to catch fish and build a fire and everything. But you're basically stuck on this tiny little island in one spot so you're looking around and moving around and you've got a you've got a wristwatch on on your virtual hand that you can look at uh i screwed around with that for a minute but he's using one of the, the office setups uh and i kept trying to like catch fish but i'd be punching somebody's desk so i i stopped doing that um, this game yeah this is so it's it's super cute um where's greg do we see him he well you can hear him in the game he voices the crab he's i don't know if you can see him here there he is there's the crab and there's a boom box oh yeah that's great um, totally yeah, I don't know. Browse, yeah. If you're a Beyond listener and you miss having, uh, you know, Greg's, you know, voice in your ear and you're not listening to his eight other podcasts, you can now have him as a virtual crab. Uh, also out tomorrow or today or whatever is a VR game that nobody saw coming, which is Crisis on the Planet of the Apes. Uh, this is interesting. This is a VR Planet of the Apes game where, uh, I get, I, I'm unclear exactly what it is. There's a trailer that dropped at the very tail end of February that I saw get no coverage. Uh, it looks a little bit wonky, like a lot of the kind of movie tie-in VR games we've seen so far. Is this running off of the engine of like the the Planet of the Apes adventure to kind of I point? And honestly, click adventure can't game tell. There's a trailer that shows basically nothing. I mean, is it a incredible. game or is it like an experience I thing? Can't really. I mean, it says game. What's the what's the difference exactly? So glad we did our research. But it's out as of this episode. No, that's what I'm saying. Is I can't exactly. do the research because you know any. there's not really there's no yeah. coverage of it. And this is the second time this has happened with the Planet of the Apes games because we talked about this last time. They accidentally dropped the adventure game, which came out of that's out right. of nowhere. It showed up on. It was like available now on PSN. I was like, how have we not heard of this? We haven't like previewed it. We haven't seen like a trailer. We haven't seen anything. So I just downloaded it. And later that day, they were like, uh, we put that up by accident. Get that off the. You know, get that off the store. So they like. Please delete that. I was like, yeah. no, no, no. I already got it. That was, which was really strange, uh, which makes me wonder what the hell's going on over at, at Fox Next, who are the, that's the studio that, the, the Fox owned studio that's been publishing Planet of the Apes games. Uh, they are theoretically working on, uh, something using, something involved with, with aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also theoretically doing X-Men stuff. And so far, they've just secretly released a couple of Planet of the Apes games, and I, I hope they keep doing that. It's a great strategy. Yeah, just you know, stealth. They, they stealthily do it, and they make us talk about it in the show. As a result, that's true. I look forward to checking out the new X Men and Aliens games. I don't know, like eight to ten hours before they're released without any fanfare or uh, knowing about anything whatsoever. Yeah, why would you promote something like that? I don't. Here's really the thing about Planet of the Apes: it is not at all based on a trilogy of multi-million dollar blockbuster films. So I could see why. This fledgling indie title has to just slide under the radar. Like, what, like that. what's going on over there? I don't know. Tax write-offs. Like, 
Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> I like. I don't know. I I would love to. I love Planet of the Apes. Like, I love the original movie. is one of my favorites of all time. It pretty much got me into sci-fi. Probably around the same time Star Wars did. Um, I cherish it. I would love new games. Um, looks like we're getting them, so that's great. That all works out. But again, like, uh, it'd be nice to know a little more. And yeah. for all the people that worked on it, that's probably they'd probably appreciate that too. So someone tell us about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we actually we did a bit on Up at Noon last week, basically being like, "Is X Men are X Men video games dead? Like, what's going on with that?" And not even three hours after we put that up, uh, there was an article that Game Informer put up with the the VP of Fox Next talking about the process of getting uh, you know X Men characters and the kind of the licenses and that tangled web of, of all that nonsense. Uh, and so they are they are clearly working on on new games and, and doing some other stuff. Um, I, I like the idea of there being more VR stuff coming in yeah. that's licensed tie-ins because I mean maybe that's where like licensed games go is VR is kind of like a you know promotional arm. Yeah, uh, yeah we got that maybe, weird Spider-Man VR thing to the promote one too. Homecoming, the, Ar- the Arkham one. The Arkham yeah. one was awesome. That was like um, a proper, properly I would, treated. One, I would but. genuinely love the team that worked on that to work on uh, on X-Men thing. And I'll repeat the same thing I said on like Up at Noon when when like there's an Avengers game coming out or a Marvel game coming out, people were always like, "Where are the X-Men?" But when an X-Men game comes out, nobody ever goes for the Avengers because the X-Men are enough. Right. And so, like, I, I would love a VR X-Men game. Yeah, that'd be cool as hell. Even um, if it was just, like, an experience. Yeah, I, I also – I don't know what's no going to happen with the <laughs> experience. Uh, but, no, with, with the – like, the, the Planet of the Apes stuff, it's really, really baffling that they're just kind of, like, just unceremoniously kind of just throwing this out there. To, I, don't yeah. know, I don't know if it's terrible. I don't know if this is a really bad VR thing that, that sucks and we sh- should not it. tie for like a home video release? When did that movie come out? That the- came out on home video like last fall. Yeah, it was it's a while been out ago. for a while. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing lined up with it. Uh, Andy Circus did this huge presentation at, at GDC with with Epic talking about like uh, real time mocapping in Unreal, which was really interesting. Which uh, they probably did not use for this project. No, I don't like. I don't know what this <laughs> is, and it's just it's just really really unusual to see something so like high profile huh. as this yep. just get you know crapped out there. Well, uh, let's let's. Let's one of us jump on it. And yeah. I mean, as long try as I have the, the the stolen PSVR unit from the office, I might yeah. as well try so it out. Crisis today. on the Planet of the Apes, the Let's secret PlayStation VR Planet of the Apes game that you can own your for your very own self. Unless, of course, it's not supposed to be out yet, which is entirely possible. <laughs> uh, Caleb, thank you for joining us uh, and talking about Wipeout VR. Uh, big thanks to uh, Zach Ryan for jumping on, too. You can find us all on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville. Brian is Agent Bizzle. Caleb is... I'm just me, man. Just Caleb Lawson. Caleb Lawson. Caleb Lawson. And Zach is Zacharias D. Uh, We will be back next week. But in the meantime, uh, PAX East is this weekend. If you are there, uh, a bunch of people from IGN are going to be running around, including uh, Marty and Alana and Andrew Goldfarb, uh, as well as Miranda Sanchez. The the four of them are all on a panel together on Sunday, the 4th at – the 4th? That can't be right. No, Sunday with a whatever at 12.30 p.m. in the Albatross Theater. And I asked Marty what it was about, and he said, talking about the gams. So either legs or video games. Up to you to decide which. My, that guess, note, my guess is there's an E in there. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I hope they rank legs. I Marty's, think Kratos has yeah. some great ones. Marty's, Marty's busy just really writing lots of other letters elsewhere, so I don't know. Anyway, thank you for listening, and good night. Beyond. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand-friendly, but don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.